Hey everyone, welcome back. Just had to do a quick little solo pod on today's uh, play-in games. I mean, the games that technically there are no stats for, it's so bizarre. They don't count as a regular season game. They don't count as a playoff game. They're just dead stats. I don't even know what the point of me talking about them is because they technically don't exist, (laughs) but I'm going to do it anyway. As a Heat fan, I have not had enough shots of tequila to talk about that game yet. So we're going to start with the Lakers and Timberwolves first, and then we'll get into the Heat Atlanta absolute shit show. Um, the biggest takeaway for me today was if you're someone who doesn't like playing games, like doesn't think they should be a thing, you know, whoever finishes seventh or eighth should just go straight through. It's hard to argue with that today, isn't it? Like, what an absolute disastrous day of basketball. Three of the four teams, Atlanta excluded, were just terrible. I mean, horrible basketball to watch, terrible performances from, you know, some pretty high-end talent and in some of those positions. And uh, it was just really bad. And if you're looking at it from a perspective of we should be cutting down basketball games, not adding them, it's hard to form a, a pretty tangible argument against that. I mean, that was really rough. I'm someone who loves the plane in theory. I think it's really good. It makes a couple more teams like New Orleans and Oklahoma, some teams that were slipping down the standings. I think it does give them more of an incentive to play their stars and try and win a few games and get the franchise excited and scrape into a finals potential seeding in the top eight. So I do think it warrants... Um, more of a trial. I do like it, but I mean, geez, today was not a good, a good day to advocate for it. So let's get into this Timberwolves and Lakers game to start. There has been, look, I'm not a huge fan of Towns. I think everybody knows that, but today he played 41 minutes. In those 41 minutes, they were plus 18 and they ended up losing by six to the Lakers. So that tells you how horrific things went in those seven minutes where he was on the bench. Towns started the game so well. He was so dominant in the first quarter. Came out looking for a shot. A um, couple of nice blocks on the defensive end. One on AD that sort of springs to mind where it was a little bit of a chase down. Someone contested and Towns just flew over the back and pinned against the backboard. He can be so dominant at times. He has so much potential. I mean, even on both ends of the ball, you know, like defensively, you can look at him and go, he's got long arms. Sure, he doesn't move laterally super well. He can be very clunky, but he also is long and big and he's coordinated. So that's something. And I just, he always gets in foul trouble, doesn't he? These big games, you just can't rely on him. And I've always said he is not an alpha. Like he is not a guy who you follow into battle. You know, he's not a LeBron James. He's not someone who's just going to rally the troops and go, right, five minutes in this game, scores a level, give me the ball every time and I will make something happen. He is not that guy. And we saw today, obviously with the absolute disaster that was the Timberwolves last regular season game where Towns, uh, not Towns, where Gobert (laughs) punched Anderson on the bench, which was just outrageous. Not sure I've seen anything like it on the court. Yes, we saw Draymond Green smack the living crap out of Jordan Paul, but that was at practice. We don't really know what was said and going on. This was on the bench in the middle of a game. And on top of that, McDaniels 
is frustrated. He heads to the locker room and he punches a wall and fractures his hand. So he's done as well. On top of that, there was no Nas Reed. So heading into this, I actually thought the Timberwolves were no chance at all. They just had no size. And we saw that today. I mean, as soon as Towns got in foul trouble, they just had absolutely no size off the bench. They were downsizing and sort of playing Anderson at the centre for a few minutes today in those minutes where Towns was out. And, look, I actually thought Anderson had a real fuck you Rudy Gobert game today. 13 assists from him, four steals, four blocks. I mean, he really did, you know, come to the party. And, I mean, granted he didn't shoot the ball very well, but I thought he was incredibly important. Speaking of important players today, this is going to be a bit of a theme, I think, for this podcast, is veteran point guards. How much do you pay them? And, I mean, boy, did they come through today. Conley was brilliant. An absolutely fantastic game from him. 7 of 11 from the field, 6 of 8 from 3. He was the only one who actually looked like he knew what he was doing for the Timberwolves, I thought, today. From start to finish, he was just reliable, steady, and just shot it so well. And Kyle Lowry was very, very similar for Miami. We'll talk about him a bit later. Someone who didn't show up, Anthony Edwards. This was not a good game. So, like I said, Towns, to me, is not the alpha of this team. So, who is it? There's been a lot of talk that it's going to be Anthony Edwards and that he's going to take that next step and blossom into, you know, the go-to franchise guy for this club. If you watch today's game, it... uh, Certainly didn't look like it. I mean, 0 for 9 from the field, 3 for 17 from the field, ends the game with 9 points. He just had no impact on the game. It was bizarre. You know, so he had 5 assists, but you couple that with the 4 turnovers, and down the stretch, they were giving it to him. He was just settling for threes, and I mean, missing every one of them in big, crucial moments. And then the last couple of minutes, him and Towns, they were trying to get them involved. They had mismatches on them. You know, there were small guys on Towns in the post, and he just kicked it out. And you're going, you've got Rui on you in the post. Like, you need to get a shot off here. You've got Austin Reeves on you. Make something happen. And these guys just couldn't do it. Like, the only one, really, who was impressive from start to finish, aside from Anderson, who had his moments, and actually Prince, who had some moments, too, just after getting thrusted into the starting lineup to guard LeBron and ended up playing 43-plus minutes, was Conley. And Conley really was exceptional. So, I think he deserves full credit. A couple of guys on the bench... Nikhil Alexander-Walker wasn't really expecting to see him play 23 minutes, but he hit a couple of big shots. They were just so undermanned and had absolutely no size. And, of course, Towns is just not that guy you can rely on to say stay out of foul trouble. He got a couple of dumb fouls, and it just flipped the game straight away because the Timberwolves were really in this. And the Lakers just kept him in it the whole time. I mean, I thought... It was just such a bizarre game. I'm a little lost for words with it. Like, Davis came out. He finished the game with 24 points, 15 rebounds, three blocks. And you look at that on the stat sheet and you go, wow, he must have had a hell of a game. But he didn't. He was falling over all the time. Just ticky-tack stuff. Five turnovers. Look, he, he was good. He was one of the better players on the court for sure. But it was not one of his best games. You know, he didn't flip the game on its head. Granted, he can just muck up a lot of defensive stuff with his just length and IQ on that end. I mean, 
hit the amount of pick and rolls and just dive cuts and stuff that the Timberwolves were trying to do, and he can just muck it up and get a hand in there. He can switch out onto a perimeter guy. Def- there was one play he switched out, defends Edwards out of the three-point line. It gets swung to the other side, and by the time it's reached the other side, that person's caught it and driven in to look to finish at the ring, and AD's contested at the ring. I think it was Prince. And, you know, blocked the shot and caused a turnover. And it's just the way he plays defense is absolutely incredible when he's switched on. And there were some plays today that were just just incredible from him. He hit the boards hard. I mean, probably the best part of his game today was the nine offensive rebounds, which was just huge. I mean, they had not just no way to box him out. You know, that's not Towns' game, and they really missed Gobert in that sense of just a big body in there to clunk up the lane and gobble up those defensive rebounds. So it was a bit of a story of crashing the boards all around today, particularly in the Heat game, which we'll get to in a minute. LeBron, interesting game. He had some really flashy moments, finished with 30 points, 10 rebounds, 6 assists. The guy just doesn't stop. I mean, he is a machine. There were some plays where he just completely switched off on defense. I mean, Prince got left wide open for a couple of threes. He had a few terrible inbounds plays and turnovers that were really costly. Maybe not as costly as the Anthony Davis foul with less than a second to go on Conley, who nailed all three free throws to send it to overtime. Doesn't get more clutch than that. But, uh, yeah, the I just... Ideally, they wouldn't have wanted to play LeBron 45 minutes in a play-in game, would they, to finish seventh? Like this, It just shows that they scraped over the line. And a lot of media have been big on the Lakers making a push in the playoffs. And they could absolutely be right. I don't see it. I just don't think the Lakers are that good. There's a reason they finished at seventh and have just got this home court over basically, what did they finish? 43 wins, Timberwolves 42 wins. So they got the home court today, which did play a role. The crowd got up and about. But I just don't think this Lakers team is any good. Yes, LeBron can pull out 30 and Davis can have a big impact in a game. But are you backing them in a best of seven against the Grizzlies? I think the rest of the media are. And I just don't see it. I'm I'm betting the Grizz here. I think the Grizzlies will beat, will beat these guys comfortably. Now, look. The Grizzlies aren't going in at full strength, and maybe that's part of it. And they're going to have to find a way to keep AD off the boards, whether that's a Tillman. I don't know what other options they really have. Triple J is very similar to Towns in the sense that he just can't avoid foul trouble. And they're going to need him on offense to spread Anthony Davis out of the paint. So you can't expect him to be guarding Anthony Davis for 40 minutes. He just won't be able to do that, in my opinion. So... They are going to need to use some big bodies off the bench, whether that even means our Dharma's going to play a bit more than ideal. Like it's, I mean, that is, is going to be a really tough matchup. But the Grizzlies have been a competent basketball team for a lot of the season, including the jar turmoil, including some injuries that they've faced, obviously losing Clark as well as Adams hurts. But I mean... The Lakers have been average, even with LeBron and Anthony Davis this season. When they've played, they haven't been great. They don't look dominant. And possessions of this game, LeBron's clearly not the same guy he used to be. Yeah, he still dominates and has his moments, and he's very impactful. But he is not the same 48-minute guy that he used to be. He has possessions where he just takes takes a possession or two off in crucial moments. 
Um, but, and I think Anthony Davis can hide a lot of those mistakes just with his rim presence. So I don't know. I Look, even if the Lakers get past this gritty Grizzlies team, I don't see him going very far. I can't see him beating a Phoenix team. I couldn't see them realistically beating a Denver team, a Golden State team even. I think they're the ones who have had some you know, players out for a lot. Wiggins has missed a huge chunk of time. So I think you could argue Golden State would have been substantially better with Wiggins and that that is a partial, you know, that's partly the reason why they've finished so low is because their starting small forward and best perimeter defender has been out. So I don't see the Lakers beating them either. So I, I really am doubtful of this Lakers squad. I don't think they're great. And if you don't believe me, just watch today's game. I mean, that was scrappy. It was an absolute dogfight. The Lakers tried everything they could to lose it. I mean, they were up three after that shrewder buzzer beater with a couple of seconds to go. And then Anthony Davis does the last minute closeout Chris Bosch style, you know, where <laughs> where Bosch box blocked Danny Green in one of those playoff games in, I don't know, 2012 or something against the Spurs. Anthony Davis tries that today on Conley and fouls him. I mean, you cannot foul a three-point shooter with a second left on the clock, and he does it, and it almost cost him the match. So, look, I think if if the Timberwolves had Gobert and or McDaniels and or Nas Reed, let alone all three, I think potentially just one of those guys, especially the bigs, would have made all the difference and they would have come away with the win today. So that is just a huge shock. And I think it shows that these teams that are finishing 7, 8, even 9 and 10, they are really not big threats. These are teams that are likely to just get mopped in the first round of the playoffs. Well, I guess it's time, isn't it? Now we have to bite the bullet and talk about this disastrous Heat and Hawks game. Heat went in today pretty big favourites. I think they were five plus in the in the betting line. A lot of people thought the Heat were going to get over the line. I was sweating bullets heading in because we are an absolute shit show on offence. I mean, there are times where we can go through not just a scoring drought. We're talking about a a whole cycle of not being able to score here. Like... This is not a three or four minute patch. This can be quarters at a time where we just can't seem to buy a bucket. Um, Jimmy Butler before the game was saying, yep, super confident we're going to win this game. And boy, did it hurt at the end when Trey Young was in the press conference saying, well, Jimmy guaranteed a win. I wanted to make sure that didn't happen. He's sitting there with a few strands of hair left in his head and these dark sunnies on his head. It was a rough look as a Heat fan seeing Trey Young talk shit to Jimmy Butler and uh, come away with it. So that hurts. What were the biggest takeaways from today's game? Well, having Quinn Snyder, my boy Quinn, who I said was a good coach, he is a fantastic coach. So... What did he do? Well, the Hawks targeted early the Heat defenders that are weak. Now, granted, we've got a lot of weak defenders, none weaker than Duncan Robinson, who spends a lot of time picking splinters out of his ass on the bench. Um, But Tyler Hero and Max Struess were getting targeted big time. Now, I think that was a very smart decision. They were getting them in a switch early and then just attacking, whether that was DeJounte Murray Trey Young, or uh, I think Hunter was doing it a couple of times too. It just led to a lot of buckets. It was a clever strategy. And on top of that, they hit the boards. So get a load of these rebound totals. Bam Adebayo is, I mean, he is a max player for the Heat. They've invested 
a lot of time and a lot of money into him. Today he comes away with 12 points, 9 rebounds. That is just not going to get it done. His opponent, Clint Capella today, let's single in on him. Capella played only 28 minutes. He was such high energy in those 28 minutes. He came away 21 rebounds and a couple of blocks. Now, of those 21 rebounds, eight of them were offensive. So this is similar to what Anthony Davis was doing today, just hitting the boards. And on top of that, John Collins was the same. Granted, he didn't have a lot of rebounds, but he was tipping loose balls and hitting the ring hard. And the Heat just didn't have the size to match up with this. If you look at the Heat... uh, the spread of minutes for the center. So let's add up both centers starting 48 minutes. So for the Hawks, that was split between Capella and Okongwu. So those guys combined over the 48 minutes for 25 rebounds and six blocks. They were just dominant on both ends of the ball. I thought Okongwu played a great game. I mean, five or six from the field was just a threat around the ring. And then on top of that, blocking shots like, very few reserve big men can. He has a very similar skill set to Bam. And when you're bringing that guy off the bench, he's a real weapon. Granted, he probably doesn't you know, have the natural playmaking abilities that Bam does, but he is underutilized. And it will be interesting to see, you know, with 20 minutes for him coming off the bench, splitting that with Capella, that was just a dynamic duo of rim, rim protection and rebounding. The Heat... I don't even, this is a laughing stock, but obviously Bam played 41 of the starting center minutes. You want to know who the other seven minutes got distributed between? Four minutes for our boy Cody Zeller. Wasn't his best work. He got three rebounds. Kevin Love played three minutes, just donuts all around on the box score for him. So yeah, he got two points, but in terms of no rebounds and no impact on the defensive end. So And that's it. So we're comparing 25 rebounds from the Hawks center to 12 from the Heat centers. It's just, I mean, yikes. That's a matchup we were hoping to win. You know, if you're investing that much, Bam's one of your top two guys and has been for a couple of years. We need more from him. This is another disappointing playoff game from him. Speaking about disappointing performers today, our boy Jimmy, 38 minutes, he's been running around saying, We're going to get there. We're going to make a difference in the playoffs. We'll make it. I guarantee it. We're going to go to the finals. Sure, talk a big game. Love that energy. But then don't come out and shoot six for 19 from the field. Three turnovers as well. So he ended up with 21 points. I reckon eight or 10 of those came in the first quarter. And since then, he just was ice cold. They contested his shots well. And it just did not go the way that we and Jimmy thought it was going to go. And I think people who watch Heat games know how reliant we are on Jimmy Butler in clutch situations. And he just, he could not deliver today. They had a lot of length that they could chuck on him, plus all those offensive rebounds. And it was just not the Heat's day. I mean, there were moments where we sort of came back. They were up 20 at one stage. The Heat, you know, peg it back to maybe single figures. But the Hawks just felt in control for most of the game. I thought they they played a really smart basketball game today. One player who did jump out from the heat, similar to what Conley did for the Timberwolves, was Kyle Lowry, 33 minutes off the bench today. I've got the bench points. Where are they? Right, so Miami scored 37 bench points. 33 of those were from Kyle Lowry. Unbelievable. 33 points in 33 minutes. That was his season high 
for points. He stepped up in the clutch today. Championship experience. Little little Lowry gets it done. I mean, there were times where you couldn't take him off the floor today. Normally, Gabe Vincent is a bit of a lock for, you know, some serious minutes. And Lowry hasn't even been able to get that starting spot back from Vincent. But today, Lowry just had an absolute blinder. Six of nine from the three-point range. I thought he had a great game. And just impacts, impacts winning. You know, didn't turn the ball over at all, hit big shots when we were just desperate. There was a stretch, I reckon it was in the fourth, midway through the fourth, where Jimmy was on the bench. Actually, it must have been early in the fourth. That's generally when Jimmy has a rest. And, you know, you see a few plays with Hero and just going, I don't know if we're going to be able to hold the fort here till Jimmy gets back. And Larry just goes bang, bang with a couple of big threes. And... It was just crucial. I mean, it still was not enough to get it done. Once again, the Heat just scored 105. I think we had a negative point differential on the season. There has been a lot of hype around the Heat possibly, you know, pushing Boston if they were to face each other. I don't see it. My gut feel would have been if the Heat did win this game and they played the Celtics, I reckon it would have been a sweep. If not, maybe a 4-1 like, I just, the Heat are so limited on offense. And even today against the Hawks, I mean, there are guys out there, Trey Young particularly, who you can target that can just bleed buckets. And Miami can't do it. You know, there are plays where, yeah, sure, Jimmy can look and try and hunt Trey Young, but there are just competent defenders for the rest of those spots. And Miami just doesn't have that. You know, like, We're always playing one or two guys at a time that just can't defend. So teams can get buckets whenever they want. It's it's a real concern, and I think I don't think the Heat are a good team. That's obviously pretty evident from their record. But I I don't even think it's a. I mean, we should barely be favourites at all anyway for the next game. If we're going to play either the Raptors or the Bulls, I'm not sure who that's going to be. That's probably going to come down to a coin toss, I think. But the Heat. There's no right to pencil us in for a win in that either. Like, it's just these huge dry spells where we just can't score. And, you know, if the other team has Zach Levine, DeMar DeRozan, Vooch, guys that can actually get you reliable buckets, and we've only got Jimmy Butler as a true, you know, first option and not a lot after him. Sure, if Hero has a good game, and he was okay today. I don't know what he ended on, 24 points or something, I think. Let's have a look. Um... 26 points for Hero in the end. So he can score the ball. Generally, efficiency isn't his best strength. He was two for nine from three, and he doesn't get to the line a whole heap. So I don't know. It's a lot on Jimmy Butler's shoulders, especially if Bam's just going to go into isolation for another game. I mean, God, hopefully he doesn't. He needs to just come out of his shell and throw people around like he did in that series against Boston in the bubble. They were playing Tice and some other undersized centers on him, and he was crushing them. And then you see him today against uh, Clint Capella, who's who is bigger than him, but not a lot. You know, it's not like he's up against Embiid here at seven two or something ridiculous. Like this is you know a six ten, six eleven Clint Capella, and and just got absolutely manhandled. So that's a real concern. I don't know where we go from here. We do need a clear second option. I don't know if that's something we can target in the off season. Whether that's I mean, who are they out there? Is it a Zach Levine? Is it a Bradley Beal? Is that who we target? And you hope that one of those guys is going to be a better defender than what Tyler Hero is as well. It's it's a real concern. I had to vent for this. I, 
apologies we didn't get a guest in. This was just a last-minute, late-night splurge after a couple of drinks to drown the sorrows of a heat loss. <laughs> so a couple of playing games tomorrow. I don't really know. What do we think? Um, I think Pelicans over OKC. I feel pretty confident in that. I don't know. Look, Pelicans are sort of trending up a little bit now. Ingram had some great playoff games last year. He, and I think CJ McCollum too, you know, he just, he has some big game experience and SGA is a brilliant player, but there are not a lot of guys on that roster who have been in a must-win situation like this before at an NBA level. So I would assume experience is going to trump here, but who knows? Anything can happen. That's the beauty of these games. It's just one game. Anything can happen. What happens if SGA goes off for 40? It's going to be hard with Herb Jones guarding him, though. I mean, that is a great option to chuck on SGA. So, I don't know. Can my boy Jalen Williams just pull, you know, an absolute party trick? That That's something I want to see. God, if he has a huge game tomorrow, that would be incredible to see and a real... He's made a late push for Rookie of the Year. He's not going to win it. Paolo Bancaro will win it, and he should win it convincingly, but boy, did Jalen Williams finish the year strong, so we've still got another game of him to watch, so can't wait for that. The other side, like we said earlier, Bulls and Raptors, to me, that is a coin toss. I don't know which way that's going to go. Since the Bulls have got Pat Bev in, it gives them a nice balance of defense and offense on the perimeter. If you can have now Caruso and Pat Bev as two sort of lockdown defenders, I guess, at times. Caruso, absolutely. Pat Bev in stretches. And then on the offensive end, you've got Zach Levine and DeMar DeRozan. You can spread those guys out together so that you've got a perimeter defender and an offensive guy on the floor at all times. They're also quite versatile in the size of guys they can defend. Caruso, particularly, he's a, he's a pretty big body for a you know, guard, he can play up a position or two if needed on defense. So I kind of like that mix of offense and defense for them. They're also an interesting team. Like, God, if they were to play Miami, why would Miami be favorites for that? I don't know if the Raptors are going to have enough offensive firepower. I, I, But once again, who knows? Like, what happens if Van Vliet just goes supernova like he did a couple of you know, years ago when he had Kawhi there and he just went on that tear after I think it was the birth of his kid, wasn't it? Something ridiculous happened where he was shooting like crap and then he just had a baby and he just started shooting lights out for the rest of the playoffs, like unmatched kind of stuff. So, you know, if he goes six for nine from three or pulls out a Lowry-type performance today and Siakam, OG, locked down some guys, it should be a good match to watch. Um, could be low scoring. We'll see. I think both games should hopefully be better than both the games we watched today. That you can just about guarantee. Um, provided nothing insane happens, I'll probably do a pod on the weekend. If something ridiculous does happen tomorrow, I'll try and jump on and do an emergency pod. You know, if J-Dub goes for 55 and 10 or something, you'll, you'll hear from your boy. Don't worry about that. If not, I'll uh, do another one some stage on the weekend with a guest so you don't have to just hear me rambling and talking shit for 30 minutes. So if you made it to the end, much appreciated and you'll hear me again soon.